Everybody will love it. The four-day work week. Could it help build New Zealand's economy, rebuild it, and could it help us here in Canada? New Zealand's Prime Minister seriously considering the four-day work week for her country's post-COVID-19 recovery effort. Other countries apparently also looking at the strategy, including some researchers right here in Canada who have made arguments for the idea here with the points being about reducing companies' losses due to burnout, as well as maybe maybe just maybe pumping some more money into the country's uh, tourism uh, industry. And for more on this, we're joined now by Ricardo Trejan. He is with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, and he joins us now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Ricardo, good afternoon. Thanks for coming on. Good afternoon. All right, this is a certainly, uh, you're with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, and this certainly is an alternative policy, and one we've talked about from time to time. But what is the biggest advantage when it comes to a four-day work week, particularly in the post-COVID era? Well, generally, the advantage that people see it, it's mostly related to sharing, um, kind of trying to reach a better balance between paid and unpaid work. So if you look back into the 1950s, only about 20% of the women were active in the labor force. And nowadays, it's more than 80%, right? So, But what happened to all of that unpaid care and in-household work that women traditionally did? Um, it didn't go anywhere. Uh, full-time workers still do that work uh, very early in the morning, late in the evenings, over the weekends. And, and while men are increasingly active in child care and housework, household work, uh, women still do a disproportionate share of it. Um, so a further week sometimes is portrayed as an alternative to that and as a better way to balance the paid and the unpaid work, which are, are of equal importance at the end of the day. Yeah, so you get a better work-life balance, I guess, theoretically. But is there a danger, Ricardo, perhaps? And I know one of the other things they talk about with a four-day work week is that you're going to have less employees suffering burnout. But doing just as much work but in a smaller time frame, could this actually result in less of a work-life balance and more burnout, perhaps? Yes, that's that's one of the concerns with it. You would have to make sure that, uh, especially in the context of the pandemic, one of the advantages of it would to be to create more jobs, right? So you have the same kind of the same amount of work divided by uh, a larger number of workers. So that everyone is working a little bit less, and there's more people working overall. So that's a key concern. And we also have to talk about the wages, right? Because some people, if they're low wages. Um, they can't afford to work in the last hours. Uh, so they would have to get a little bit more of income or at least the same income to be able to do that. Well, I wanted to talk about wages specifically because anytime we've tackled the subject in the past here on the show, inevitably we get callers that are concerned about their wage and that they don't want to make less. I mean, who does, right? Even if there's a trade-off for time. But what New Zealand and some other countries, what they're considering to help rebound, help their economy rebound out of the COVID uh, pandemic, are they talking about keeping 40-hour work weeks but just making it 10-hour work days for four days a week and keeping people uh, level when it comes to their wages or pay? Yes, my, my sense is that what they're trying to do is what sometimes people talk about as the uh, 30 and 40 meaning you have the same kind of income that you would have in 40 weeks, in a 40-hour week, but in a 30-hour week. I think that's, that's the general idea. Um, 
and that's one good solution for that. But again, I don't know if that solves the problem really, uh, because if you're earning um, a really low wage, like the minimum wage, and you're having a hard time paying your bills, and then honestly, if your boss says you can make the same in 30 hours, you say great, and you're going to pick up another gig for the remaining hours so that your family can get it better, right? So, right, yeah. All of a sudden, if you take a hit in income and that time you're supposed to be, uh, you know, spending with your family and recharging, you've got to find a side hustle to make up for it. It kind of defeats the purpose. Exactly, and you're going to find the same kind of. You're going to just reinforce some of the inequalities that we already see, right? Uh, because higher wage workers will take that day off, and they're going to invest in their health. They're going to spend more time in their kids' education, and so on and so forth. And other folks won't be able to do the same. So, just kind of going to reinforce some of the inequalities there. So, the wage conversation is pretty big. It's an important piece of it too, but it shouldn't prevent us from talking about it and, and trying to figure out a way. Yeah, do you think uh, the time is ripe? Because I think this really calls for a paradigm shift when it comes to companies and employers because, you know, there's always been this thought that if workers aren't showing up five days a week, working 40 hours, giving me 40 hours every week, that they're not, quote-unquote, earning their wage. But now that there's more and more folks, thanks to the pandemic, working at home on a regular basis, is there maybe a little more trust between employers and employees and a shift perhaps and an important shift being made by companies and employers that as long as you're getting the work done and it's of quality, then you've earned your wage? Yes, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that, you know, the pandemic has has taught us all that is that workers can be that can be trust you know we see everyone struggling to get the work done even if they have three kids running around the house and they're doing most of the work in the evening or if they're having to do someone on the saturday morning um you know workers are pretty responsible folks and they're trying to get it done and i think that's a good lesson to for us to to, to think about moving forward right you don't need so much policing we need just to set up people for for being able to be productive and finally, uh, Richard, one of the arguments for shifting to a four-day work week post-pandemic is to help local economies and their tourism recover. And I guess the thought here is that if you had three instead of two days off, if every weekend was theoretically a long weekend, and because there's not going to be much traveling, at least in the short term, that people will help bolster the local tourism in their areas by getting out and about and uh, shopping and helping local uh, owners, uh, local shop owners? Yes, that could be one of the results of it. Um, again, it depends a lot on what's open and what's not open and what people are able and not able to do. Uh, but in general, I think if people are, have more time and they can use that time um, in productive but unpaid ways, uh, they may be shopping more, they'd be traveling more, and uh, maybe they're just also doing more community work and, and, and you know, helping uh, their communities rebuild in different ways, you know, like with childcare for those who still have to be at work, with, you know, reconstruction. There's a whole bunch of work that we're going to have to do collectively, might be paid, might be unpaid, and that some of the time it could go towards that too. So it's uh, some of like a barn raising kind of activities might be in place too. All right, just finally, as I mentioned off the top, New Zealand's prime minister, she says that she is seriously considering this idea, the four-day work week. Do we know, is Canada's government seriously uh, considering this? I mean, is this seriously being considered? And if it's not, should it be? I haven't heard anything in that sense yet. Um, What I do know is that uh, we we have to think about 
um, what's going to happen with this ERB, that um, program that was in place to replace uh, income support. Um, originally, we thought it was going to be just, you know, for four months and then everything's going to be back to normal. Uh, more and more, we know that um, normal is not going to come back that soon and maybe not what we were used to it and that it may drag longer. There may be a second wave. So we're more and more having to think about instead of just going back to everything the way it was, some sort of new arrangements, more flexible arrangements. And I think that's where we have room for that conversation. Yeah, well, we keep talking about the new normal, and there certainly is a lot of conversation surrounding that in so many different areas and facets of life. Ricardo, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Have a good afternoon. You as well. There's Ricardo Trejan, who's with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives.